Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Great America Podcast with Lou Dobbs, always in the fight for truth, justice, and yes, our American way of life. And now, here he is, the Peabody Award-winning voice of truth, the great Lou Dobbs. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Great America Show. Thanks for being with us here, where we treasure truth, justice, and the American way. And we know you do as well. And together, we'll make sure the American way prevails no matter what. And these are certainly what we could call no matter what days. We've got a mess in Ukraine. Vladimir Putin, the former communist KGB agent turned dictator, making the mess and killing a lot of people, mostly Ukrainians and his own troops, as his military wages war against Ukraine, reducing many cities to mostly rubble, killing lots of innocent people. President Zelensky knows Ukraine's on its own, and Ukraine is fighting hard against the Russians and so far holding their own. Europe doesn't have the guts to step into the mess to stop Putin, and neither does NATO. And the Ukrainians are, as I said, on their own, despite the pictures of General Milley and Secretary of State Blinken in or near Ukraine. Those, you know, were photo ops only, and all the Biden bluster is just bull. And Putin knows it. Biden's ban on Russian oil is just bull as well and will hurt American wallets far worse than any in Russia. And yes, Americans know that as well. Europe's leaders don't amount to much and neither do ours. And that's what makes the Ukraine crisis so dangerous and potentially disastrous. Biden, Harris, Blinken, Sullivan, Milley, names atop the list of Biden administration officials who we can only hope don't make a mistake that costs any more lives in Ukraine. They bear great responsibility for the Ukraine crisis they could have prevented months ago and now can't find a way to resolve. We can only hope Zelensky and Putin can find sufficient reason and decency to end the conflict and find a civilized path forward for all. As Biden, Harris, and the radical Dems cheer senselessly his ban on Russian oil because they think the result will be lower gasoline consumption and higher purchases of electric cars, better minds know and understand the likely toll will be higher inflation, perhaps hyperinflation, and economic pain for our citizens, disruption of our economy, and markets. But that is of little concern to the Marxist left who control our federal government who instead believe mightily theirs is a higher level of consciousness and worth the pain, no matter how deep, of mere citizens. The great unwoke. That same leftist government, our Congress, the White House, the courts, and the permanent bureaucracy, the deep state, if you prefer, 
are now at war with the America most of us believe in profoundly, and who for that reason must be constrained, if not overwhelmed, as enemies of their ideology that wants no part of our America. We're now living under the threat of the left's authoritarianism throughout our society. In our work, our homes, our courts, public schools, colleges, our places of worship, that leftist ideology driving the Radical Dems January 6th committee, created by Speaker Pelosi as the authoritarian tool to destroy the lives of citizens who dared support Donald Trump in a rally and protest what they believed was a rigged election, and some who rioted and entered the Capitol. No one has better investigated and reported on that day and the citizens and public officials targeted by the January 6th committee than our guest today. Our guest is Julie Kelly, and she has a new best-selling book. It's entitled January 6th, How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. And she's a great American. Julie, many Americans believe our government has now turned on them and look at us, our citizens, as their enemy. This is a very dangerous time. And unfortunately, Lou, I think when most freedom-loving people in the Western world surrender their rights so quickly under COVID tyranny and let our political leaders of both parties strip our rights away, um, you know, hold our kids hostage away from school, shutter our businesses, um, it was a it was a big clue to these leaders um, that they could use any justification to strip our rights away. Whether it was COVID, now it's political protests against vaccine mandates or against the 2020 election. We see the FBI doing this for parents who are protesting at school board meetings. Right. Um, I mean, this is an expansive, dangerous reach. And this is not democracy. This is not freedom and liberty. Yeah, and it is interesting, too, that uh, Biden is promising these severe, uh, painful sanctions. Uh, when I think every American, no matter how casual an observer of uh, geopolitics, understands that economic sanctions of any kind do not work. They certainly, and empirically, the, uh, the evidence is clear. Putin has revolutionized uh, the weaponry for his uh, military uh, in every branch, Navy, uh, Air Force, and Army. We see only weakness and mindlessness day after day after day, uh, and, and disaster after disaster. And this looks like another one. Well, it certainly does. And look, I'm no expert on the relationship or conflicts between Russia and Ukraine. Um, but I think most Americans look at how unpopular Joe Biden is, how unpopular the Democratic Party is overall, um, and wanting to change the subject. This is a lot of what this is all about. Meanwhile, most Americans want to know why our own southern border remains open to criminals of all kinds, including potential terrorists. They can't answer how many people have entered the southern border from dangerous countries, terrorist-sponsored countries. That was a DOJ official last month in a Senate uh, hearing, could not answer Senator's question about that. But we're supposed to be worried about what's happening there. I think most Americans recognize this is an attempt by Biden 
other unpopular leaders in the West to pivot away from the truly uh, crisis situation in so many regards here in America. This is not an administration capable of doing anything right. <laughs> and so, you know, we still recall the, the horrific withdrawal from Afghanistan that took the lives of 13 American servicemen and women. And we really think that this president and this vice president who's humiliated herself the past few days on the international stage can't even put two cogent sentences together as to why this is in America's best interest or interest at all. Um, and so I think most Americans are looking around saying, what does this have to do with us? We have a mentally and physically unfit president. Um, we have a vice president who doesn't even know what she's talking about, who only got the nod for vice president because she is a black woman. Um, it clearly not capable of this job, let alone really any other job. Um, and then you have an administration filled by not just incompetence, but also people who have burned the trust of the American people by peddling any number of falsehoods from Russia collusion to going in on the uh, Trump Zelensky phone call impeachment while covering up the Biden family's grift in China and Ukraine and Russia, by the way, all of these countries. And so no one in a position trying to convince Americans that this is the right thing to do has any trust. In fact, they should be held at arm's length with nothing but distrust and suspicion as to their political motives for entering and prioritizing this uh, as an agenda item when so many other things are going wrong in the country. And more disgusting to me, Julie, is the fact that the national corporate media will not cover with honesty and diligence and responsibility what is happening in this country. They give him an entire pass. Uh, Kamala Harris can do no wrong. And the federal government is in the hands of, uh, without question, abject uh, wannabe totalitarians. That's right. And let's not excuse, too, and I know that you never do, the Republican leaders who are going along with this, Republican senators who are helping the Biden regime and Democrats bang the drums of war and talk about what a dangerous threat this is to our national security, now saying that inflation and energy prices will escalate if we don't do something. One, one, one starts to wonder if this will be the excuse um, for the cover-up for the high energy costs, because of course the Biden administration can't explain or fix it. Um, and so now this will be the next excuse, the next fall guy for why fuel prices are sky high. Um, but these Republicans should not be going along with this either. And it infuriates me to see Republicans who have been completely silent on this abusive, punitive federal criminal investigation into January 6th, ruining the lives of hundreds, thousands of Americans. Yeah, you have utterly silent, but now aren't, want us to worry about Putin's aggression. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let, let's turn now to January 6th, because you have written on this, I believe, more than any other journalist. Uh, you have reported uh, more, and you've done it with, uh, to me, great skill uh, and uh, great eloquence. So I, I want to turn to to a element of it, though, and that is Ashley Babbitt, 
who you have written about, who you've reported on, but so few have, certainly in the corporate media. This woman was shot dead, unarmed, in the midst of the Capitol riot, whatever you want to call it, by a police officer, a police lieutenant, who had no provocation and who has had no critical judgment of his actions whatsoever, other than to have a perfunctory and uh, pro forma uh, dismissal of any, any thought of charges against him. It is a case of, uh, uh, to me, of absurdity uh, and disgust that uh, a, an American citizen can be shot down uh, without, without any, any suggestion of threat or harm to anyone else. Uh, your thoughts? It is just still, I think, the most jarring aspect of January 6th to me that Officer Michael Byrd could shoot Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed female veteran, about five foot two, um, shoot her almost at point blank range, a range, almost shooting her directly in the face, um, gets away with that. He is allegedly investigated by the DOJ Civil Rights Division, which concluded he committed no offense, did not strip Ashley Babbitt of her civil rights by shooting her without warning, by the way. Um, the same DOJ who just <laughs> filed charges and got a plea deal out of a police officer in Louisville charged him with violating the civil rights of a BLM activist who was violating the law on numerous occasions and allegedly hit this man in the head with the riot stick. He's going to jail for two years. This same Justice Department that cleared Michael Byrd of shooting a woman almost in the face, point blank range with no provocation, now asked a court to send a Louisville police officer to jail for four years because he hit a BLM rioter in Louisville, breaking the law in the head, allegedly with the riot stick. A judge sentenced him to two years in prison on the same civil rights charges that were dropped or not even pursued by this Justice Department against Michael Byrd. Furthermore, his name was covered up for months oh, by Capitol Police, DOJ, the news media. They all knew who he was. They covered up his name because they were afraid he would get threats. Of course, that's never the case in any other police-involved uh, shooting. But here's just more examples of the double standards for January 6th. Uh, any, or let's just call them what they are, Trump supporters. Yeah, Trump supporters, conservatives, there's just, no in, there's just no interest on the part of the Justice Department, as far as I can see, or the FBI, uh, of functioning as anything more than the action arm of the Democratic Party. Am I, I am hardly alone in that. What are your thoughts? It's absolutely true. I mean, you have the same Justice Department that is, a look that are charging nonviolent protesters from January 6th with parading at the Capitol. This Justice Department has charged more than three times as many people with federal crimes related to a four-hour disturbance in the Capitol on January 6th than the totality of the criminals involved in the 2020 riots that lasted for months that prompted, by the way, as you recall, the lockdown of Trump's White House for an entire weekend. These people burned federal property. They vandalized federal 
land, such as Lafayette Park. They attacked federal police officers. The same, worse actually, crimes committed by those rioters versus January 6th. But the DOJ is dropping cases, asking for leniency in sentencing for some of these individuals, protesters, rioters, while throwing the book at January 6th protesters, including right now, the incarceration of at least 70 men who have been convicted of no crime awaiting trials that this DOJ continues to delay with the help of federal judges, from Trump judges to Obama judges, Clinton down to Reagan judges. They're all playing along with the Biden regime's uh, uh, game plan here. And uh, we have to consider the jurisdiction as well. It is Washington, D.C. It is a it is a blue capital uh, and it is a capital that has so much orchestration, coordination and uh, simpatico thinking uh, herd like reactions uh, that it's 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 sickening to witness because our our courts, the FBI, the Justice Department, and I'm talking about all of the federal courts in Washington, D.C., including the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. have have tilted left, and there is no doubt about it. The corruption of the federal court system. Uh, John Roberts, the chief justice, famously saying there are no Trump judges, there are no Bush judges, there are no Obama judges. The hell there aren't. And to even say, utter such a fiction uh, from a chief justice, I, we know what he was intending to do. He would like to have the reserve of objectivity um, a, as a perception of the court. It absolutely is not. These decisions, one by one, as we examine each one, are settled on partisan terms. And it's that straightforward. And in the case of the Democratic Party, uh, it's even worse because they control the prosecutors, the investigators, yeah. as well as the courts. They absolutely do. And now they are going to have to put together juries in the most hyper-partisan city in America, 93% of whom of residents who voted for Joe Biden. They've done a few, a uh, few defense attorneys have done polls of DC residents. And Lou, I don't see any way how they could put together a fair jury to openly hear and objectively hear these cases. They, uh, these residents have told pollsters, 70% of them, regardless of what these people did on January 6th, they should be charged with crimes, that they are insurrectionists, they are traitors, they are domestic terrorists. This is the collective viewpoint of D.C. residents who are going to have to serve on these juries. Every single case should be moved out of Washington, D.C. Several attorneys have filed change of venue motions and, of course, are denied by D.C. judges. So these people are trapped in a rigged system that hates them, that wants them punished. And so far, they are, they are being very successful. Yeah, and the, the Republican Party in this country, because oh. it is the only countervailing influence uh, mm-hmm. to, as you said, the Republican Party, particularly the Republican leadership, uh, deserves great <laughs> <laughs> to me, I, I, can, I get so angry when I think about what they've done. Mm-hmm. But the rhinos and the Republican Party have become a, a, an equivalent force uh, against our Constitution and against the interest of this nation that they might as well be lining up with the radical Democrats. And this is where we are as we approach 
these midterm elections. I, I want to focus on a couple of uh, other parts of your reporting that are fascinating. Uh, and let's start with, you mentioned the judges. Let, let's go to uh, the judge, uh, McFadden, uh, accusing the prosecutors. By, I mean, the man has got more guts than I have seen uh, in the federal court system in, I, I, I won't even put a time on it. I've never seen uh, such guts. He accused the prosecutors of deceiving a grand jury over a year after first uh, putting charges forward, misleading the jury about the whereabouts of the vice president-elect on January 6th. Can you tell our audience what that is all about and how we got to this sorry place uh, in our judicial system? Well, I will only give Judge Trevor McFadden about a half of cheer for what he did. He was a right. Trump appointed judge. He has helped detain even a nonviolent offender who's been behind bars for over a year. So he has played along with DOJ's game. He came from the same U.S. Attorney's Office now prosecuting all these cases, the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office. Don't know why President Trump appointed him, but anyway, we're stuck with him. But look, this. so what came out is that the DOJ has been lying for over a year that Kamala Harris was in the building during the Capitol protest. The reason why this is important is because it supports thousands of charges related to restricted access in the building because Kamala Harris and Mike Pence are Secret Service protectees. Therefore, the building was restricted to the public and this bolsters thousands of, of charges against hundreds of protesters. So it turns out Kamala Harris was not in the building. Judge McFadden didn't figure that out. Politico actually reported it. Right. And McFadden was the first judge to call DOJ out on it. Meanwhile, all of these judges have presented this information falsely to a grand jury, to federal judges, to defense attorneys. It's in, I, can't, I don't even know how many court filings the DOJ has said Kamala Harris was in the building, therefore rendering the building restricted access. So they lied about that. McFadden called them out wanted an explanation, and then denied um, what they wanted to present in, in court in a jury trial, which was pending. I know that's a little complicated, but the bottom line is the DOJ lied. The federal courts let them get away with it. The grand jury was intentionally misled. Defense counsel was intentionally misled. And it wasn't until Politico reported this that anyone acknowledged it. Now, how do they back out of this? I don't know. Furthermore, the location of Mike Pence now is very vague. Because they keep saying they we don't mm -hmm. know if Mike Pence was actually in the building either. If he wasn't and they have intentionally misled uh, everyone on Mike Pence, then all of those charges are have to be tossed out. At this point, I would say to you as a, a not an objective reader, but one who tries to be objective uh, as I try to keep up with all of the news of the day, just as you do. I, I, there is no way in hell that anyone should put up with a court system, a federal prosecutorial system, uh, these agencies, these judges, uh, these investigators, and this January 6th committee? Why in the world are, are we permitting this to go ahead? And why would not the Republican Party leadership, and here I'm talking about Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader of the House, yes. and Mitch McConnell, the minority leader of the Senate, why in the world would they not go after these Dems and demand uh, that they back off? Well, they're weak and they're 
craven. They're afraid. Um, they have been cowed by all the bad press. Mitch McConnell has been in on this from the beginning. We've talked about this. Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi, Muriel Bowser were responsible for securing the Capitol on January 6th. Not Donald Trump. Those three individuals, those leaders were responsible. So we need to ask Mitch McConnell why he did not advise his sergeant of arms to submit to requests by the Capitol Police chief of the, the chief of the Capitol Police for more security that day. Why did they leave the building and the grounds intentionally unsecure? There are so many questions about Mitch McConnell and his involvement working with Nancy Pelosi and others to what I described January 6th as an inside job. So where is he? He's silent. I mean, he just called this a violent insurrection two or three weeks ago. So he is in on the narrative. Kevin McCarthy and others, there's no excuse for this. Um, Lou, if there was a political prison in Washington, D.C., under Trump's DOJ, by his attorney general holding um, Trump, uh, uh, you know, protesters against Donald Trump in a political prison, the first people who would show up would be people like Kevin McCarthy, Ben Sass, Mitt Romney, showing up in front of the prison saying, this is not who we are. They have been completely silent, which means they are complicit. And if they think that these powers are not going to be turned against them because they're silent and they're craven, um, you know, read a history book. That's not how regimes like this work. It is, it is, it's gut-wrenching. Uh, it's sickening for any American who cares about this country, cares about our constitutional republic, cares about our Bill of Rights, our individual freedoms, to, to tolerate this. And, you know, I don't hear preachers in their, you know, in their pulpits. I, I don't hear politicians in their official capacity raising hell about this. Uh, it, it is. And by the way, what, what's wrong with American citizens that we are not marching on Washington to tell them enough? We're not going this far. We are going to be a constitutional republic. Our freedoms will be honored by every one of you silly uh, left-wing judges, prosecutors, and if you don't like it, too bad because we're going to root you out no matter what it takes. I think you are hearing this from the base. I mean, I hear it a lot. I know that this issue is in the forefront of um, Republican, conservative rank and file, and they are pushing their lawmakers to do and say something because I'll tell you, I've heard this firsthand from congressmen who ignored my reporting, who ignored my pleas on social media for some sort of attention. Even congressmen I spoke with directly last year about political prisoners and what was happening, they would not touch this with the 10-foot pole. They are now being forced to confront this investigation, the political prison, everything I talk about in my book on January 6th. They're being forced to do it because they are getting heat from their constituents and donors that this is not what should be happening in America. Furthermore, I think it's going to be an issue in the 20 in the midterms this year, especially in primaries. And when Republicans take the House, they will be forced by this base and other people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Louis Gohmert and Paula Gosar, Matt Gatz, the handful of Republicans who have been very outspoken about what's happening. They're going to be forced to deal with what this DOJ this federal court system did, uh, continues to do to these innocent people. 
Um, so they're forced into a corner and I don't think that rank and file are going to let them get away with it. I, I want to say this just uh, not to temper what you said, but to just add a, a part of a piece to it. And that is if the Republicans win, as it does now look likely, win back the control of the House and the Senate, it will amount to nothing if mm -hmm. Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy or any other rhino is left as the leader of the party in those conferences in the Senate and the House. That's right. And, and, and no one wants to deal with that reality. But that is the reality. Uh, actually, uh, some of the uh, activity and fundraising that's going on in this country speaks to that very thing. We're taking back the House. We're taking back the Senate. Well, what good does it do if we don't get rid of McConnell, who is as complicit and compliant with the left as you could imagine, any, any citizen could imagine, of a quote-unquote loyal opposition party, and Kevin McCarthy? who now is trying to sound like a conservative, but you know, he through and through, he's a rhino. That's right. Uh, um, yes, you're I, right. We cannot do anything with this current leadership. We absolutely cannot. They won't get anything done. They'll talk a lot. They'll be like Lindsey Graham, make all kinds of threats to get to the bottom of things. And, you know, with a wink and a nod on the side, it just, we cannot move forward with this existing leadership structure. You are 100% right. I want to, to turn uh, to, to, again, your reporting on the mystery surrounding January 6th and, and what it amounts to uh, in the case of uh, Mike Pence is where were both vice presidents? Uh, where was Pence? Where was Kamala Harris? Why should there be a question about where they were? They were under Secret Service protection. Uh, this is uh, one of the most important uh, aspects of this entire case is where were the people who had to be present for certification of the election to begin with? It's very strange, Lou, that Kamala Harris would leave the Capitol around 11 or 1130 that day after a Senate intelligence briefing, then go to the headquarters of the National a Democratic National Committee, which, by the way, we were told a pipe bomb was outside of that building, if you recall, right. why she went there, why her Secret Service detail didn't find this alleged pipe bomb in a security suite before she went to the building, why we're finding out a year later she left the Capitol and went to the DNC. Yes, we need answers about Mike Pence, but there are a lot of unanswered questions. Why did they leave the Capitol unsecure? Where's the 14,000 hours of surveillance video captured by Capitol Police security cameras that we can't see? Why are they hiding that under protective orders? How many FBI informants and undercover agents were either infiltrated, infiltrated these militia groups ahead of time and were on the ground on January 6th, hundreds of them? we know were there. Why haven't they been identified? What were they doing? Um, why did Capitol Police in some sections of the building let hundreds of protesters inside? Who authorized DC Metro Police and Capitol Police to attack protesters with tear gas, with pepper balls, with sting balls and rubber bullets, dousing them with tear gas? Who authorized that? There are so many unanswered questions about January 6th. And the reason why those answers are not being disclosed or covered up is because this is going to be, at the end of the day, the biggest inside job of the American government against a political party and sitting president 
that has ever been. It will make Russiagate look like a kindergarten play when we get most of the truth about who was involved, what happened ahead of time, and who set the marching orders for that day to do uh, to execute exactly what happened. We, Julie's referring to Russiagate uh, and the administration of Donald Trump and the active conspiracy to overthrow a presidency mm-hmm. uh, for, mm-hmm. by the way, for four years of his right. uh, four-year term. He was under FBI investigation before that, under fraudulent, uh, under a fraudulent uh, predicate. Uh, he has been under investigation since he left. And Americans need to ask themselves a single question. What do you think would have been the result had any other president in history been surveilled while a candidate uh, for the office of president who was spied upon, wiretapped throughout his presidency against whom uh, the Dems brought two impeachment efforts that were absolutely fraudulent and they constructed the fraudulent premise for those investigations and the special counsel that resulted from uh, the crossfire hurricane investigation was absolutely a joke and not a single single charge resulted from any of it uh it is disgusting that the american people are caught up in some sort of mass hypnosis or half of them uh a mass hypnosis that doesn't accept the reality of what we witnessed what we saw what is empirically uh, without contradiction it has been proved the man was guilty of nothing in two, as a result of investigations that took up four years and more. It's, it's, it's stunning to me. It's just another outrage that everyone basically involved with Russiagate, except for one DOJ attorney and one Perkins Coie attorney, uh, have not been federally charged. People like Jim Comey, Sally Yates, Andy McCabe, Rod Rosenstein should all be sitting in jail, not people who paraded at the Capitol for 10 minutes. Those people, because they concocted it, they took their marching orders from Barack Obama to do this. They lied to Congress. They lied to a secret court, the FISA court, which admitted that they had been misled. These people signed sworn uh, warrants in court before the FISA court. Comey, Sally Yates, Rod Rosenstein, Andrew McCabe, go through the list of everyone who signed that FISA. Four times they signed it using the dossier, which was pure political trash propaganda. They all should be sitting in jail, but they got away with it. The Mueller probe disabled the first half of Trump's presidency. That's an understatement. While they tried to ruin people's lives and successfully did in some cases, But when the administrative state saw that they could get away with that, it only emboldened them, which I think was fueled what happened on January 6th. They now know that they can get away with anything and there is no price to pay. This is not sustainable, Lou, in a democracy. You cannot have the government in Washington, D.C. at war with its own people like we're seeing in Canada now. They have been doing this for years and it's only escalating. And so something's got to give. But to your point, the Republican leadership we have now is not the team to bring in to finally bring the swords out and fight back and retaliate and hold these people accountable. 
And Julie, I want to—I don't want to conclude our conversation at all, but unfortunately, <laughs> we, we we must. But I do not want to to leave this conversation without talking about the people that you referred to, uh, federal agents uh, and others uh, inspired and supported and connected to the federal government were obviously there in Washington on January 6th. One of the names, uh, Epps, is a mm -hmm. mysterious character who eludes uh, really identification in significant ways. Your thoughts about him uh, and uh, his involvement. Well, there's no reason, Lou, why he has not been charged. So Ray Epps is the man um, who was seen the night before and on January 6th, encouraging people on several occasions to go into the Capitol building. Most importantly, he is the man who whispers in the ear of Ryan Samsell, who is the first uh, person to breach the official line uh, barriers out far outside of the Capitol building. Ray Epps whispers in Ryan Samsell's ear. Ryan Samsell then pushes over a few of these metal racks, knocks over a few police officers and leads a big crowd up the stairs towards the building. This happens around 10 minutes to one on January 6th, while the president, by the way, is still speaking more than two miles away. So we he also is on restricted grounds. There's no reason why he has not been charged when so many others have been charged for far less what he did. We can't get a straight answer from the FBI. The January 6th committee lied and said that they interviewed him and then had to come back and say, oh, he's going to sit for a formal sworn interview because people were asking for the transcript of his testimony. But Ray Epps is just the tip of the iceberg of either federal agents um, or undercover or uh, confidential human sources or political actors who were yeah. infiltrated, I mean, thousands of them with this crowd outside and inside the building on January 6th. And so that's just one more mystery we cannot get answers from. And what is it going to take to get those answers? Um, and, and at what point, uh, what can the Republican Party do to stand up for the people who are political prisoners of this, uh, this Soviet-era style secret court called the January 6th uh, committee? What can the Republicans do? Why isn't there an action plan from the Republicans? I, are, it, it defies reason to, to see this feckless behavior on the part of the Republican leadership, whether it be on Capitol Hill, whether it be the RNC, whether it be, uh, frankly, the supporters of the former president. You shut down all of their funding when they take control in Congress. You zero out the budget of the FBI and the DO and the DC US Attorney's Office, you shut down what they now just changed the terms of capital breach probe to the capital siege probe. You shut off their funding source as much as you possibly can. Then you get all of the documentations, all of the correspondence between the FBI and their various field offices and all the confidential human sources or undercover agents that they used. You call back people like Chris Ray and acting attorney general Jeffrey Rosen, who had hundreds of special forces, FBI official um, officers at Quantico the weekend before January 6th 
Now, why did he have SWAT teams, hostage rescue teams, hundreds of agents that he then deployed to the Capitol on the morning of January 6th? What was Jeffrey Rosen doing? What were these FBI agents doing? When they got to the Capitol, what did they do? Did they infiltrate these militia groups? Did they provoke some of the violence? We can't get an answer from the FBI. Uh, Jill Sanborn, a top FBI official, was asked numerous times if any FBI agents or under or uh, informants either provoked or engaged in violent behavior on January 6th, she would not answer the question. So yeah. you make her answer the question. If she doesn't, then you do what they're doing now. Hold her in contempt of Congress. Of course, it will go to Biden's DOJ. But they need to do nothing, Lou, except get to the answers, expose all the correspondence, shut down the funding source, what yeah. is what is paying for this war on terror, as I call it in my book, war on terror against the political mm -hmm. right. Yeah, and we've got to confront one other reality. And that reality is that Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy don't want to, to get these That's answers. Right. And with that being the case, the American people are going to have to make their own judgments and come up with uh, demands that should be expressed publicly, whether in uh, civilian protests and demonstrations against this uh, form of government uh, or uh, demands from their representatives in Washington that they behave uh, like, uh, you know, they might read a, a book by John F. Kennedy called Profiles in Courage. It would be a helpful time to do it. That courage is being demonstrated all the time uh, by Julie Kelly. We, uh, you've heard her mention her book. I, I have mentioned it once. I want to make sure that we mention it as we wrap up here. Her best-selling book, January 6, How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. She is also, as you've heard her express here, a great, great American. Julie, you're doing the Lord's work, and we really appreciate you and uh, all that you're doing. And uh, continued good luck as you pursue these tremendous, these huge stories that are going to be important parts of this country's history. Well, I appreciate your having me on. Thank you so much for covering my work. Thanks, Julie. And we hope to have you back soon. Thank you. God bless Julie Kelly. And tomorrow, General Keith Kellogg will join us to take up the Ukrainian crisis, Russia's war on Ukraine, and now President Biden's ban on Russian oil, and whether there is truly an end in sight with peace for the Ukrainian people. General Kellogg, here tomorrow. We want to invite you to sign up for our Great America Show Advisory and Newsletter. Simply go to ludobs.com, that's ludobs.com, and click on the email newsletter button. It's as simple as that. And we'll send you our advisories and alerts as well as our weekly newsletter. I don't want to overstate anything, but I'm pretty sure you will absolutely sense at least a small positive change in your world outlook. We invite you to join us and stay in touch. Thank you. That's ludobs.com. Thanks. God bless you. And God bless America. Join us again tomorrow for the Great America podcast. Stay in the fight. Truth, justice, and the American way will prevail against all enemies, against all odds.